0: Hello, I'm Sabrina Johnson. Welcome to Listen Up, Listen In, conversations with uplifters, igniters, healers, and joymakers. In May 2022, I graduated from Claremont School of Theology with a Master of Divinity. And just as when I first started this graduate program in 2018, I had no idea what I was going to do with my degree. So I looked around me at people who I saw were ministering to the world in ways that uplifted me, ignited me with their passion for serving, inspired me to join in the healing, and gave me joy as I witnessed and experienced the bodacious love they lavished upon the world around them. I wanted to ask them about their path, their mission, their passion to serve and better the world. I imagined this would take place in the way of informational interviews, over cups of coffee or tea. But there were so many people I wanted to interview with so many questions, and all but a few were local to where I live in Prescott, Arizona, having recently moved from Los Angeles a year ago. It was from this desire that Listen Up, Listen In came to be. I believe we each have our own unique, divinely given gifts and talents that we can share with others to uplift, ignite, heal, and give joy. And so the list is endless of guests that I want to interview. My hope is that as we all listen up to hear what they say, we also listen in to hear what our own heart tells us, guides us, moves us to do as we come together to realize the truth that we are all interdependent and interconnected by a higher good that loves us into being our best for ourselves and others. Thank you for joining me in this conversation as we listen up, listen in with open minds and open hearts. I first met Rabbi Julie Koslow on a Zoom to prepare for an upcoming Sunday service at Center for Spiritual Living Prescott, where Rabbi Julie was the guest speaker. Those of us from the center had a few questions for Rabbi Julie in order to be respectful of her faith tradition for she was our guest. As she gave clear and articulate answers, her passion for being a rabbi, which means teacher, was evident, even through the small screen of Zoom land. But then when she spoke that Sunday and stated that she was not going to be contained within the regimented parameters of a patriarchal religion, I knew that Rabbi Julie was someone I wanted to get to know. Since that time, I have not only had the privilege of getting to know Rabbi Julie, I also recently had the honor to be a guest at one of her community events. I believe you will find getting to know Rabbi Julie during our Listen Up, Listen In conversation to be enlightening as she ignites us all with her passion to change the world for the better. In just over a year, Rabbi Julie Koslow has realized her dream of creating a new way of living Jewishly, one that honors the very heart and soul of its great heritage, with the founding of the community of Or Atid in the greater Prescott area of Arizona. After serving as a pulpit rabbi for over 15 years, Rabbi Julie wanted to develop a new approach to building and sustaining a vibrant, loving, and relevant Judaism something she felt she was unable to actualize from the environment of the traditional synagogue. The community of Or Atid observes Jewish holidays, life cycle events, and offers a religious school just like traditional synagogues, but it doesn't have a board or committees. Also, they meet and gather at non-traditional venues, such as the Prescott National Forest, where they celebrated Shavuot, They also have Jewish and Buddhist, that's Jubu, meditations at a local yoga studio and holy hikes with yamas, to name a few events. So to deep dive into our listen up, listen in conversation, I want to start by asking Rabbi Julie if there was one or maybe two or more pivotal points in her life when she knew she was meant to be a trailblazing leader of a community learning, to use her words, how to become self-actualized Jews. This is important, not just for Jews, but for people of all faith traditions, many of whom do not feel connected to their faith. So Rabbi Julie, welcome. And just to start, were there one or two pivotal points in your life when you said, "Hmm, I'm going to do something totally new? I'm going to be the leader and founder of a new, basically a new movement within a very deeply historic rooted religious faith tradition?
1: Well, thank you so much for having me on Sabrina, first of all. Um, The answer to that question is I I had a few things that happened to me that I knew were pivotal moments in my life, absolutely. Did I, was I able to have a cohesive understanding of what was happening to me like what you just said? No, absolutely not. (laughs) Uh, For the most part, as a child, I was just a very sensitive child, and I saw things and cared about things and responded to things that most people obviously don't seem to care that much about, Mm -hmm. and this makes you a different kind of child, Mm -hmm. and in a world that is not very sensitive, um, and in a home that wasn't very sensitive, I was sort of seen as the other, sort of too weird and too different. Mm. So I lived with that my whole life, knowing that I didn't really fit in. I Things that mattered to me didn't seem to be what, what occupied the minds of, of most people that I was um, living my my life around. I will say that on the day that my first child, Chelsea, who is almost um, almost 40, she's 39, oh, wow. Wow. Um, My the day that she was born, I absolutely, there's no doubt about it. I had, I had a very epiphanal experience that changed my life for sure. So let me preempt it by saying a few months earlier, I had been studying the prophets. And I think I was always a searcher. I was always looking for what and what are we doing on this planet? I didn't have a cogent understanding of God because I lived in a very secular home. So I wasn't, I was just wondering what is this world that we're living in? So, but I tended to be, uh, I tended to understand that I wasn't, that there was a, a nexus between body and spirit. Mm-hmm right that it, it wasn't just all here in the body. Right. Uh, there was something going on here bigger. So, um, when I studied the prophets, I just had a also an epiphanal moment where I read um, Micah um in chapter five, uh, verse six, and he said, "I God have told you, human being, what it is I want from you. Just mm. love justice, be merciful, and walk humbly." through your life, with a God presence. Wow. Wow. And it just seems so like all these bells are going off, like, it's so simple. (laughs) It's so simple. Well, that started me really diving into Jewish studies. But the day that Chelsea was born, um, that was my up close and personal, I, I can only describe it as that I I think that was the day I met God. I'm not going to tell you what that means. Mm -hmm. God was not a man in a white robe sitting. Mm -hmm. No, that's no, no, no. (laughs) But my spirit came face to face with something huge. And what I understood on that day was that nothing in life is random. Mm -hmm. I just knew intuitively. I also understood that if you are here, you've been Mm -hmm. invited in for a reason, Mm -hmm. There's no such thing as a life that isn't intended for purpose, Mm -hmm. for deep, profound purpose. And and that really started me, um, what I understood on that day was not only was I going to deeply, deep dive into my Judaism, which I really didn't know, except this passionate pride about it. I didn't really know. I knew at that point both i was going to do a deep dive with the rest of my life into the essence of judaism but i also knew i was going to be a leader Mm. Uh, don't ask me how i knew that (laughs) i don't know how i knew that i was a kid who um i don't think that i was really uh I don't think I had any sense of myself at all. I was not a real scene kid. You know, I used to think if I wrote the book of my childhood, it would be called Invisible. Oh. Me and most other human beings, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, not much different. You know, we have to find our own journey to ourselves before we can actually um, enter into the journey, the, the larger journey we've been asked to be on. Right. Yeah. So, right. um, The the interesting thing about this story, those Micah and the birth of my child, those were really the two profound, um, really profound experiences. But I have to tell you, honestly, I had no idea what any of this meant. Wow. But you were open
0: to it. You were open to receiving whatever the message was at the moment.
1: I'm not even going to say I was open to it. It was so intense, Sabrina. What happened to me in my life, this calling that like like a tsunami. And it grabbed me and it catapulted me. And uh, when you know more about my life, there's for good and for bad. I've, I've faced a lot of loss because of that. And I faced a, a lot of really heightened life experience from trying to live on the peaks and refusing to live in the gutter. <laughs> you, yeah. you know, I, I don't want to live down here. Mm. I want to live up there. Um, but it's been a very, to pretend that it's, uh, I really don't think, to to say something very controversial, I don't think there's no woman on this planet who has any real power that a man is not allowing her to have. We're I- just. I agree. It's too soon. It's yeah. too soon. Yeah. We'll get there, yeah. but um, you you can't change the trajectory. I mean, that's why we're change agents. Yes. I'm a change agent because the world's not ready for me. <laughs> if the world was ready for me, I wouldn't be a change agent, right? So it takes a really courageous soul to sign up to be a change agent because it's bound to be a very, very painful road. And, and honestly, the fact that I'm as strong and bold and confident as I am, uh, and I happen to be a woman, that um, that's that's a book right there on a lot yes. of suffering in life that didn't need to be, but for some reason for a change agent, at least I I, I understand it now because I am a blazing pathways for something that can't actually be at the moment, but has got to be in the future or there will be no future. A- absolutely, and I really believe that about
0: what you said that there's no woman that has a power unless any power unless a man has given to her at this moment in time at,
1: at this, this moment, moment in time, time. That's, that's not innate. Innate. That's that's innate. innate that's not real that's part of the matrix it has yes. been created um it's not real at all but it is it is how it is the truth of how it is functioning and i didn't um i didn't become a female rabbi that was. I just became a rabbi. There aren't two schools. Here's for the women. There's for the men. There are not two gods. There's not two gods of Judaism. We all are. You know, I'm a soul person. I see souls. I see. Yes, our bodies are what we choose to come into to have certain experiences that the other body can't have, um, and that's beautiful. But it. Uh, those of us who are women and signed signed on for leadership positions in the world at this time are incredibly brave souls and um and and when and and we need a lot of love and we don't we don't get that much of it but we're in need of it i'll tell you that
0: it's no it's so true i really uh i i just believe that in so many levels that we just don't even realize that we just give this power or not give it it just is this power that has been so um ingrained in this society from eons ago that we don't recognize how ingrained it is with everything and you know it's like i and i you know i try to be conscious of it i mean like i i always think uh the me too movement will really be the movement when we look at a baby girl being born and we go wow look at those legs she's gonna be a strong soccer player and then a boy gets born and go, look at those eyes. He is so beautiful. You know, instead of like saying, wow, isn't she beautiful? and He's going to be president. It's like, no, mm-hmm. we're going to change that yeah.
1: trajectory. You know what it's like? It's like, um, like you go into a jewelry box and you have a favorite necklace, but it's all gotten wound up and you would have to sit hours. Like I, I, I threw it away. I couldn't, I couldn't put in the time, but you have to start unraveling the knots and there's so many knots and you know and it's not only i mean most people who are being to me very sexist very patriarchal they have no clue what they're doing no no they really they no. absolutely no clue it's not intentional mm-hmm. they're just living through their normal channels of being in the world and mm-hmm. um and that does, that takes a long time to untie those knots that that everything gets bound up in. And it takes it takes a long time. There's always a huge lag time between the time an idea surfaces in the human collective That's right. to when you can actually bring the masses up to that. And yet the, there's that beautiful, the 25%, um, or is it 15%? I'm sorry, I don't know this. I just taught it last week, see? Um <laughs> You know you don't need the whole world to change to make a change. You need twenty five percent of it. Wow. that impacts that impacts the change. So um uh, you know that that's very inspiring. We don't have to to in, to impact change. it takes twenty five percent of people to get on board. So things wow. are things are changing rapidly, but you know we we uh those of us who have come in to have to uh, endure the the brutality of, um, I mean, for me, I wanted to be a rabbi. I wanted to help people spiritually, soulfully. I wanted to help uplift their lives. And I spent an awful lot of time in pulpit work uh, with petty politics and, and having to make people feel, uh, put on a pedestal. And I spent probably 85% of my energy output Was in trying to do what everybody told me I have to do, and there was nothing left for me to actually be the leader uh, that I have been called to be with my entire being. So, and that's um, very, and that's the whole thing is with the
0: patriarchal mindset. There's very little agency, and I would say that's it goes across the board for men and women because we're so stuck in the roles
1: and the roles. It it does go across the board. I think just men have. Men get the benefit of of a of respect.
0: Right.
1: Women have to um, uh, prove that they deserve it. Yes, yes. And and that was uh... very um, very challenging as a rabbi because you can see how a male rabbi walks in the room and you can see the response. And um, and when you walk in the room as a as a woman as a rabbi who's a woman. It's it's just a quite different, I mean, I could write a book where we could laugh from here to eternity about the things that people have said to me, um, uh, that I'm just like, no, you just don't say that to a rabbi, don't say that to a rabbi, but I can't tell them not to say that, um, uh, but it's just a different way of looking at, at women, and we have not been, we are not seen in this world by most of this planet as being worthy of the kind of... Uh, high respect that we believe men are entitled to. So I'm tired of fighting for it. I don't, I'm not, I'm not asking anybody anymore. No, no.
0: And, and I would say that something is that
1: you're being a leader for this.
0: It's not just about, I, 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 and I know you know this, but I really want you to explain this. It's not just about for women. It's for women and men and, yeah. and, and, and tell us about, because we know that, but tell us for people who don't understand
1: that. Well, for all of us, for, yes. I mean, I didn't mean to talk, but you know, I'm not just an example for for women, I'm an example for men because until men and women can really see each other in their authenticity and learn to love and respect each other, then I mean, it is so reflected in how people have relationships with each other. That's right. And I'll tell you, the, the state of relationships in our world is not very healthy. Of course it wouldn't be. Men have also been locked into, I mean, I don't know who's suffered more. I mean, we can see where women have suffered by not having jobs and not having voices, but having men all crammed into this one way to express your masculinity, your mm-hmm. uh, your potential, life potential, it's as, um, you know, cuts you off at the knees, just like we got cut off at the knees. Absol- absolutely. And single do yes. needs... Have a chance at life to full expression, and and when we can all express ourselves and feel welcome to do so, that's how we learn to welcome others. Y-
0: yes, and and the reason I brought this up is because, uh, when I was had the privilege of going to you, you have events, your community has events open to the public, and I had the privilege of going to a South African dinner, and I, uh, you know, we're friends. We're going to be transparent, so, but I didn't tell you how. Uh, I have very few social interactions where people really don't know each other, but they listen to each other. And it was a conversation where everybody was listening to each other and with respect and with a real sincerity. And it was a genuine conversation, dinner table conversation. And I was like, this is unusual because so many people just interrupt or they change topics or they just can't focus. And it was a two-hour exchange that was mutual and well, then, so.
1: Uh, thank you so much for seeing that. I have to tell you that in this new community that I'm creating, part of what is so different about it is that you know we have a saying in Judaism that if you if you're not intentional about intentional about how how you want to live your life, you will live as a driven leaf, mm. right? Mm. Where the wind blows, you're going to go. I feel as the leader, whether it's in my services or it's any one of these events that we have, that the leader needs to model and and frame frame the events and, and ask the questions and keep an eye on who's shy and keep an eye on who might not be heard. You really, that's part of leadership, I believe. Mm-hmm. So many people think leadership is just letting everything... Go its way and not getting involved in anything. You know, to me, though, If you have the skills of leadership, you have to be sensitive. You have to try and direct, the, direct mm-hmm. the train so that. I mean, it's so important for me. You know, in my community, I say to everybody, for all the years I was in a pulpit, everyone sat in the seats. They look at me, and I'm like, da 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 da. Okay, here we go. Run away to service. Turn to page twelve. Sing, <laughs> oh, oh, oh. sing. <laughs> But I want them to turn around and look at each other. Yes. And I want them to be able to really to break through this surface way we talk to each other in the world and we see each other as cardboard cutouts. And I'm I don't like living in that world. I don't like that world. As a rabbi, I know a lot of the things that are happening in the room that people will confide in me, but will not confide. And yet, aren't we supposed to be, why are we so ashamed of illness or, or or mental health or or the fact that our kids aren't showing up the way we want? Why are we so ashamed instead of why are we taking that energy and saying, well, who who are you? Who are you? I want to know who you are. And that's what chick. What, what what's real in you? I mean, I cannot go to cocktail parties, you know it. <laughs> I cannot even talk about nothing for hours. I'm like, oh I, I want to know, I want to know what's driving the engine of humanity, of human beings. You know, I am driven to connect profoundly with other human beings. And I'll tell you, it is not easy to do. No. Because it's not. most people don't even know. They don't even know that there's a deeper level. No. And, and they're think,
0: uncomfortable, they're afraid yes. of it. I think they're afraid of it and I think they really have no idea of how to even begin. And by mm-hmm. your modeling this with the community, it was really like, Okay, we your your community
1: desires this. And they can, can I tell you two things that yes. I do. Yes. I don't mean to not but one when some of my services start because i allow myself to be very creative and not always have to do the same thing but often when my service starts i play this song um, it sings um, you should love your neighbor as you love yourself mm-hmm. and these words are sung over in this beautiful melody and I just ask people as they're coming into the sanctuary just look at every person in the eye as you're hearing the song oh, wow. so that's one thing before you sit down go and greet every person look at every person go say hello to every person in the room wow. and then at the end I sing uh, the priest blessing which is very melodic and beautiful and the oldest blessings we have in our human um, arsenal of blessings um, and as I sing this to them I come down off of the you know the elevated place and I because it's the priestly blessing I'll put my hand on every single person's head in the room Oh my! Oh. You know, just, just trying to make people feel more I mean I tell people if you come to my service and you don't feel something then I have failed miserably I just want people to feel
0: and to feel and they're seen you are you they are being seen for they're being seen and acknowledged and they are being seen fully I mean that's like a huge thing to see to look at somebody and see them and for you to see them as a rabbi as their leader and say here I'm so grateful you're you know thank you
1: Blessings. I'm just trying to do a lot of different things which will symbolically help model for them that I'm I'm trying to change for us. You know, that it's easy for institutions to become social institutions, and there's nothing wrong with the social aspect. I think in my in my community, it's imperative that most people are coming, probably mainly driven there for social. Uh, Which is fine, but if it's not grounded in some deep and profound spirituality and religious um, beauty, Mm. uh, then it's, you know, I don't need to be, I don't need to be the person there overseeing it. I think that we come together for social, but then we say, wow, what, what do we share in common as human beings? How can we not only make our lives more authentic, but how can I make you feel more authentic? Wow. And you know, it isn't easy, Sabrina, people are very shy. They don't know how to talk to each other. And I'm always butting my nose in trying to deepen the conversation. They're probably like, Oh, here comes the rabbit. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but, um, but you do it in a way that is just so, uh, I would say seamless with ease and grace. You
1: really do. Well, no, I can't, thank you so much. I can't take credit for that. It, it's my it, it's my soul type. It's I, I just think it's genuine, right? I'm not playing a game. I'm not playing a role. I um, I'm just giving you what's inside of me, and I think that for me is a gift. That's gotten me into huge trouble in this world, as you can imagine. Yeah. But it has also given me the greatest joy because I have very, you know, my my uh, my soul sort of moves very with a lot of ease from inside my being to outside my being and inside and outside. And I'm very grateful for that. Yes. And I think people can feel that because when your soul is accompanying your words, people feel some kind of uh, warmth there. They know it. And- Yeah, they they know
0: it. it. And I think it's, and just that whole thing of your saying that it's like you have that fluidity and you have that, what I would say is you, you have a deep, I think that one of the reasons I just have so enjoyed getting to know you as a friend is you have a deep trust in this process. It's almost like.
1: I have a deep trust, but, mm -hmm. but also let me say, um, I've been absolutely blindsided, abused, taken advantage of it's just at 66 years of age guess what I don't care. I am not going to ever minimize I'd rather have my heart broken one one day oh it'll be fine. it's not going to kill me then become a person who doesn't trust. Mm. I'd rather give my all and have it go, go you know go into the hands of somebody who doesn't deserve it and, but and to be able to find that out and walk away and said I I did. I did what I want to do. Mm. I didn't say I'm only going to give who I really am is when when I can be convinced that you are worthy of it, which is the kind of world we live in. No, 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 no. I'm not going to let somebody who doesn't know how to love or give or be open or be authentic influence my bold, loving soul. No way. Okay. I'll cry for a day or two. Okay. All right. That'll be too bad. Big whoop, I get up, you move on, right? You're, and you're going back to Micah, you're taking his words to heart. Yeah, I'm you're taking really his heart. words to heart.
0: You're, you're, and I think, and I'm,
1: yes. I'm only being held accountable for my actions. Right, right. And that's- God will never look at me and say, that person was such a jerk to you. Why <laughs> did you give them so much? No, no God's going to say, thank you for, for seeing the best in them, even though they were not capable- Right. Of living to the best in them. Right. And you,
0: and you do that with,
1: and, and, that's, and
0: that's a courage. And when you're talking about, uh, two things I want to bring up. When you were talking about the prophets and I thought, oh, and I don't tell many people, but the prophet I related to when I had to study the um, Jewish Bible was Jeremiah. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Because he did not want to be a prophet. He didn't want to tell people what he knew God was telling him to tell them. And he was angry that God was making him a prophet. And I was... It's uh, not an easy job. Not an easy job. And it's like for so long, I just would not tell people I was going to church. I wouldn't say anything about you know, the spiritual life I had, because I was ashamed of it. Uh, I had, you know, uh, my dad would make fun of my mother going to church, so I had like all the shame. And I didn't want to, I just wanted to be like everybody and talk about the newest makeup and the, you know, the newest restaurant and be happy. And I couldn't do that. And it just made me feel like, like him, just so angry. And then I realized that, yeah, we are all human, but we all have this spirit inside of us that was like you said it has a purpose that we have our human bill lives really have very little to do with it when we get down below the surface it's like this spirit is stronger and larger and much more eternal infinite than we can even begin to imagine and you
1: trust that most people are so afraid of what's real Yes. That um, you know, I feel the first the first thing that God asks of each one of us when we're when we're given life or sent off into this life mm-hmm. is strive with you, with everything you have to be conscious as conscious as you can. Mm-hmm. If you'll notice, most most human beings, a lot of human beings, are very comfortable in getting as comatose as they possibly can, (laughs) as as quick as they can, because taking the responsibility for your own mysterious um, existence Mm. in this realm, on this planet, Mm. at this time, um, is very frightening. Mm. And yet, without courage, you might as well not even be here. Yes. So I'm I'm not saying it's easy, I'm not saying um, that I don't wrestle with it quite a bit. Um, sometimes I say, does any of this matter? Anything I've anything I've done, does any of it really matter in the end? I mean, does anything ever really change? Can I ever really change anybody except myself? Does it really matter? Of course, it would be there. And remember, we live in a time where everybody likes to talk about how um you know uh did did you attract what you are so um you know uh, if you're good all this goodness will come to you if you're filled with light all this light will come to you well let me tell you what else happens there's another there's another um a law of physics which is <laughs> opposites attract yes yes and so here I am I am bright I am bright I'm not ashamed to say yes. it yes I have, on one hand, bright people are drawn to me, but guess who else is drawn to me? Yes, yes. yes Dark people yes, yes, who are yes. like, what the heck is mm-hmm. that light? Mm-hmm. And then when they realize that they don't think they have it in themselves, which they do, it's just buried mm-hmm. somewhere, they don't like that light. Mm-mm, mm-mm. And they many people want to extinguish that light. So this is not, um, I mean, sometimes I say, being a hedonist might not be the worst thing, but this is a bad day. I would not be good at being a hedonist. I love, I love, love, I love God, I love goodness, I love kindness, I love beauty. Um, I just don't have the I don't have the soul for darkness. I just don't. You, you
0: and don't. Uh, and that's not who and you know that. And so you 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 go forward no matter what comes your way because, you know, eventually it does come around to, yes, you have that sunlight that can never be in any way harmed.
1: Well, I think the reason why I keep on that track and would have never even thought ever, which is amazing to me to leave this track is because in my tradition, in Jewish tradition, we believe that when you get to the end of your life, we, we don't know what's going to happen, but we do know that you will be invited into this room of light, and you will sit down with your creator, and you're going to talk about assessing the life you lived, and God's going to say in the most loving way, Jules, how did you do? How was it? And I'm going to go, oh, God, it was so hard, and God will say, I know, I know, I know there are parts of it were just too hard. And, um but you know what you did it you stayed the steady you didn't give up you didn't get discouraged you didn't let your soul get darkened from from the pain and the loss that you experienced you never stopped uh, uh you know i'm going to be proud to say i don't exactly know what this is all about but i never gave up mm.
0: i love i love that well i also want you to talk before we close which is that talk about how Talk about, first of all, what your community is here, how you formed it, what you do, and with all that too, your I, uh, within that, your conviction that you know this is what you're meant to do. I mean, you've talked okay. about that already, but
1: just your conviction with the, this specific community. Um, I, you know, the conviction, let me just start there. I am doing now what I was trying to do at every job I had every day, every minute of that job, but the walls were too narrow and uh, there wasn't enough oxygen for me to breathe. So I couldn't do it. Now that I have broken out of normative religious life, institutional corporate life, Mm -hmm. I've created a community where I am the spiritual leader, the rabbi, the CEO I'm the secretary, the bottle washer, the janitor, but you know what? It is authentic, and I get to decide. I have $100,000 worth worth of uh, rabbinic education that I still have to pay for. I am 66. I have lived a lifetime. I have three children, four grandchildren. I have had more loss than you can imagine in these years. I know life. Yes. I'm the you know in, in a in institutional yes. life yes. you're the professional who's hired yes. but all they want you to do is be a yes man. So now I'm the professional I've hired myself. Wow. And I believe in my ability. So somebody would need to respect and like Rabbi Julie Koslow's Torah, her ethics, her soul, or this is not the place for them. Mm. So there will, there's no board. There's nobody else telling me what to do, telling me what not to do. Um, I am making the decisions, the spiritual, religious decisions for my community. And I, we rent space, so we don't have a building. We rent different churches. Um, I don't want a building because once you... You put that money into a building, you, you better have a board because somebody's got to watch the roof, the, 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 the heat, the air, the, it becomes so oppressive, the, the weight necessary to maintain a building. So, um, we, we meet, I, I, I have 42 families today. I brought in my 42nd, um, wow. family member in the last year. We've been here for a year. Oh um, uh, and you know, it's, um, i offer up every month 15 to 25 events so that can include holy hiking we're going to go out and or we're going to hike sedona and i'll teach a little bit a little bit of torah before we go That's something that is relating to that week's torah portion and um, we do social things together we do jews and jazz we'll meet at the raven and have a glass of wine and listen to music um you know we uh, whatever is interesting i love art Music, uh, poetry. I think all those things help help get your soul to a place which is more gentle. And we can we can we can cultivate the part of ourselves which I think need mad cultivation in our time. Um, if we're around art and I'm sure some people are going, what well, why are we going to listen to jazz? Well, Rabbi Cooley thinks that if you're sitting listening to beautiful music, that your soul is softening and and beauty, art, art needs to be everywhere. That is the creativity in us. We look at art and should reflect back to us. What kind of art can we make with our lives? So whatever I feel like doing. Let me tell you. Give me an example. One of the programs I'm I'm because every at the end of every month I send out events for the next month. I'm putting together. I had I have so many Jews who've said to me that they're so worried because their kids aren't really following, you know, the ritual life of uh, of the Judaism that they were brought up in, which is happening everywhere. Yes. And so we're going to have a um a class called Let's Talk Tachlis, and Tachlis in He in Yiddish means let's get down to the nuts and bolts cut, cut cut through all the other stuff give me the real stuff Wow. and we're going to talk about what why our kids are leaving because yes. i believe yes. there are really cogent reasons for it and then how you can still empower yourself to show them a different perspective without shoving it down their throats and and it's all you know I want to give these people comfort you're not the only one this is happening everywhere let's understand it and then let's find out if there's anything we could possibly do about it so that's something new i had somebody who mentioned it i created a program you know we uh, rosh chodesh is is the new the the new moon every month and it's a holiday in judaism and we celebrate it when there's a little sliver of the moon that is seen as the beginning right the little wow. sliver okay so last um, last spring, in one of our new month celebrations, I did a full moon kayaking, oh, which yeah. over Watson Lake. Yeah. So you know we went out on kayaks, and the the moon was full and coming up. It was in the evening time. It was breathtaking. Mm-hmm. So that to me is my creative twist. No, that's not when we Jews normally celebrate the new moon, but I'm going to flip it and say, look there's there's the moon in full and honestly is it ever really a sliver no it's really the full moon it's just the matrix of how we want to think about things Mm -hmm. so i can use that for teaching and how to look at life and try and figure out where is the matrix getting in the way of of the possibility of expanding our view of life uh, how we could engage life so I, I allow myself to be completely creative, yes. which for me is feeding me in a way that I never was fed. When you work in in most um, you know synagogue life or like churches, the day you get the job, they tell you what is good, what you better do. Exactly, you know, they're not coming yeah. in and saying change everything. Yeah. We can't wait. You yeah. know, and so I do what I want to do, what I think is impactful. And some things a lot of people show up for, some things a few people show up for. And I feel it, it's okay. It's all good stuff. And I'm just going to keep slowly trying to shift the culture to a more creative, loving, gentle, artful, um, beautiful expression of our amazing heritage that we have as Jews. And I love that. I, I just like when I, when you
0: first shared this with me, I just kept thinking of how I think one of the reasons I, can, I admire you as a trailblazer is because when I was at Claremont, we were asked in every class what they would say, because it was, even though there were Jewish students, but they would say, in almost every class, they would say, so 500 years of cultural white privileged Christendom is coming to an end. How are you going to change church? Because people do not choose church anymore. People don't choose temples as much. And so that people are trying to think of innovative ways. Uh, One of my classmates, he and his wife would have Sunday hikes for church, what you're doing. But this is what you're doing by yourself within a religious tradition that I don't know if if they say that message to (laughs) rabbinical students that this, you know, your your legacy is, is basically changing. I don't know if they say that, but I know they said it to us at Claremont.
1: Well, it I do want to tell you it. that I did, I did in the last year before I started, just before I started this, when I was contemplating it, um, I called the Dean of my rabbinic school and I, I did say, um, I don't think you prepared me wow. for what was really to come. Wow. And, uh, I'm not sure he liked to hear that, <laughs> but, um, I wasn't trying to be cruel. Yes. I was, was. trying to say, um, this isn't the same old, same old. You're going to put women out there in these positions, and you know, of course, for me it's sad, but it was made even harder that I'm single. I had yes. been divorced. Um, you know, if, if a woman's attached to a man, she's treated better. Right. But here I was, a single woman. I really have gotten the 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 brunt, the brunt of uh, uh, the brunt of it. But I can tell you that since I started this new community. In the last year, I've never been happier in my whole life. Mm. Mm-hmm. I feel like, um, I, I feel at 66, I feel like I'm 27. I feel stronger than I was at 27. And I used to be a marathon runner. Wow. Like I, am, I jump out of bed in the morning. I'm filled with energy. My creative juices are flowing like, net, like never. Wow. Because when you're under all that pressure cooker and that tension and that sort of brutality of corporate life, Which sadly would never come anywhere near a religious institution, but it does. It does. Um, That just, it it like petrifies all of your creative energy um, because you're so. uh, I felt like I was, by the time I made this decision, I felt my soul was almost completely petrified into stone. Wow. Wow. Well, thank goodness it didn't
0: completely petrify. Thank goodness.
1: No, it really didn't. And, you know, Rabbi Sharon Browse who is one of the most innovative rabbis on the planet today. She has a, an amazing community in um, in Los Angeles, California. I called her once because I was just so broken. I felt like this is not what I thought. And she said, she said, Jules, you do what you got to do to make sure that they don't, that it doesn't kill your soul. Wow.
0: Wow. And, then, and
1: so I wow. made this decision. We all know in this business If you're not careful, it can crush your soul. And you you have to know the moment that you have to say, I don't know where I'm going, but I got to get out of here. And that's why I, I
0: love these conversations where people are so honest because people don't really, I knew. I mean, I knew years ago, I'd read the surveys and they'd say, what are the top most stressful professions? Ministers, you know, anything in the, in the religious leadership field. And people don't realize why. And it's like, you know, like you said, you know, everybody's personal life and, you know, they bring it to you. And yet you're supposed to help them live a life that is meaningful, that has that light for them to find their light. And people don't realize the pressure that is there in addition to all that, to fund a building, to fund the, the the salaries, I mean, people just have no clue. So when you share this, so honestly, I go thank you because it's it's across the board, and
1: I think that people don't across address it. People it's do, across you know. the board, and you know, I mean, I think I one of the things I'm really standing like face to face with, although it's much bigger than me, but the whole corporate system is. Uh, It is so bad for humanity in every way. It says, it says money matters. Humanity doesn't. You get to do whatever you want to do to make sure that you secure your money and you can do it at the expense of humanity. And of course, as clergy there's so much transference, you know, I, don't, exactly. I I I hope that most people understand what transference is, even if they haven't studied psychology, yes. but we transfer, you know, I think that a lot of clergy, I feel as a Jewish clergy, a lot of the transference I get from a lot of Jews who don't believe in God, they sort of transfer on to me what they would think would be just silliness, like believe in God, like, wow. you know, and so they if they've ever been mad at God, they yes. transfer that to their rabbi. And, uh, you know, I remember I was in L.A. with my kids. They were little. We were out to dinner. My three children and myself. I was in rabbinic school and a family passed who knew me. And they stopped at the table. And for 15 minutes, they went on about how God this and they hated that and dated this and so stupid. And they, when they left and I tried to, you know, talk them down off the cliff in the middle of you know, with my kids. When they left, my kids looked at me and said, what was that? And I said, that's just something that happened to rabbis, you know. Like anybody's got a beef with God, you can stop in the middle of their dinner and you can tell that rabbi. You
0: know. <laughs> well that it's it, it was a joke with my classmates that were already serving in ministerial positions. They say, you know what Sunday is? It's called Roast the Pastor. Yeah. You know, and it's really oh, is yeah, and- Yes,
1: we call it in terms of a, of, a, of a soccer game and the rabbi's the soccer ball, <laughs> okay? <laughs> wait, wait, wait. We're playing soccer and the rabbi's the ball. So there you go. And you're it's really sad. It's really sad. And that's why I don't know if I'm going to be sustainable. Um, I'm also, this is trailblazing. I hope that I am. I'm amazed at the 41 families who have signed on to, walk with me and help create this. They amaze me. In a year. In a, in a year. year.
0: In a year. In a, in a community you're new to. I mean, the yep. whole thing is like, I don't know if you realize this, but how many, I don't know if you realize how many mainline Christian churches have communities of 50 or under.
1: And for us, there's so few of us. I mean, that, that's one of my concerns too. I think if I were in L.A., uh, the doors would be <laughs> yes, yes. <absolutely, laughs> I don't know how absolutely. I'd hold hold back the flood. We don't have a lot of Jews here. Like when I say I go and touch everyone on the head when I sing that blessing, I've got twenty people. You yes, know, I don't yes. I have services. I don't have huge thousands of people. And our Christian, my Christian um, clergy, they they usually have higher. But yeah, I am I am impressed with it. I believe it's the future. I'm not exactly sure we're still trying to figure out how to make it um, how to make it work financially without those finances becoming you know a suffocating burden yes. so far it's working beautifully and um, you know I hope to keep increasing that but um, for me Sabrina I say it all the time thank goodness that I have had this opportunity because i was so so low that if 16 years of being an ordained rabbi every year was more painful than the year before Mm -hmm. every year was more like to breathe i have to be inauthentic they will not allow me to be authentic and it was so painful every night i went to sleep feeling like why am I so misplaced God use me for your good what is going on here and now I get in bed at night I'm exhausted and I'm happy and I'm filled with inspiration for these people who are stepping up and and taking a chance on something new Um, I just I think it's really a you know I just feel like yeah okay (laughs) thank you God thank you for letting me do the work that I believe you called me to do And thank you for doing the work. I mean, I just want to say thank you. This has been,
0: and you know, we have to close, but I just want to say, I know that, I just know if you felt that way, there have to have been other others as well that felt that way. So you are leading, not just your community, you're leading other leaders into being
1: authentic. I hope so. Now you asked me to get a poem for you and I wanted to read it. Can I read it to you? Do we have time? Of
0: course we do. I always say, did you write this?
1: Yes, I actually wrote it uh, I wrote it for today because oh, that's wow. when I that's how I think it works. You know, I have a lot of po I do a lot of poetry, wow. including everything I do, but I I felt like I wanted to I wanted to answer some of the things that you were gonna ask of me. Yes. So this is a poem I wrote today. Thank you so much Thank for letting me, letting me read this. Here it goes. Oh. Sometime long ago, yet as yesterday as today, a path was laid before me of which I had no say. In a burst of light, this calling came to be, was it God or spirit or something born in me? I took to the skies as an eagle lifted to flight. There was no turning back. Somehow that would not be my right. Its voice was noble and its draw was strong. It whispered of a life to whom I could belong. But heaven and earth are bound to collide. Their tracks do not run parallel on either side. I could only dream of where the path would lead. I couldn't know the river this soul would bleed, As if a wind, mighty and brave, cast me into a world from which I could not be saved. And yet the call, ferocious in its might, this vessel of light spinning out of sight. O time, the gift it gives our souls to see, the meanderings of minutes striving to be free. Yet the here and now demands a burdening tax as surrender as surrender trickles like rain upon the rocky tracks. My life is lived not for what I do. My life's value is in staying ever true to the anchor of good that sets the sails. It's not what we accomplish, it's what character prevails. If I had to do it again, And if say were mine, I'd rearrange these hands of time. A little more love, oh, that would do. A little more gentleness to soften the blue. The call now still ringing in my ears, just trying to untangle the call from the fears. Let my life matter, may it not be for naught. It's not how I saw it going in my idealistic thought. All I ask in this, my last chapter to write, is that love saturates the borders from here to end sight. Thank you, Spirit, for this life unlike another. There's still so much left for my soul to uncover. Gratitude and love—that's all that's left to give. For nothing else adds up to much in the days that we live. Oh wow! Wow. Thank you. Sweetie. I, Thank think you.
0: I I get chills. I consider that a modern day psalm.
1: Yeah, me too.
0: Me it's too. It's just beautiful. It has everything in there. That is so authentic and true and beautiful and thank you thank you so much
1: we have callings and we we can't run away from the darkness in it because until you go into that darkness and embrace it and just face it face it and embrace it then you you never can really know light Mm -hmm. if you don't know that dark so for that, I'm thankful for and uh, happy to be on this side of, of the hardest part of the challenge. Thank you, Rabbi Julie, so much. Thank we you. will talk soon. Thank you. Again. I hope so. Thank you. And Thank you. just mazel tov on all this stuff that you're doing. You're such a great light yourself to the world. It's an honor. It's an honor to be your friend, sweetie. Thank you.
0: Thank you for joining our Listen Up, Listen In conversation today with Rabbi Julie Koslow. For more information about Rabbi Julie please check out her website at RabbiJulieKoslow.com That is R-A-B-B-I J-U-L-I-E K-O-Z L-O-W U L I E K-O-Z-L-O-W.com. Also please check out ListenUpListenIn.com That is L-I-S-T-E-N U-P-L-I-S-T-E-N-I-N.com for information about upcoming guests and prior guests as well. And thank you for listening up and listening in. Keep on riding, riding on through.